Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast. I'm John Borton with the video edition and with one of, uh, I know, my and your absolute favorites. You hear him every time that Michigan takes the court to play basketball. You will hear him again this weekend. Brian Bush, the play-by-play man for Juwan Howard's Wolverines. Brian, great to have you back on the podcast. Always good to be here, John. So we get a little bit of uh, encouragement, not only from a win over Maryland, but but really through a loss at Illinois, which might have been one of the most encouraging games Michigan has played from an effort standpoint, from a grit standpoint. They're, they're down a point with seven minutes to go in that venue when nobody thought they'd be. Yeah, I mean, that, that Illinois game showed that the buy-in is still there and, and has been there throughout the entire season. Obviously, you know, this team has, has shown some warts and they've had some difficult times, but, you know, it had been very easy for them to just pack it in, no Hunter Dickinson, you know, a few other guys out. But, yeah, I mean, you had some guys coming just off of, of the, you know, health and safety protocols, the COVID list, whatever you want to call it, uh, and this team was able to, really make it interesting. They, they challenge things for Illinois that, you know, they 
Illinois just wasn't really getting challenged in a whole lot. Michigan was out offensive rebounding them eight to four at halftime without Hunter. I mean, that was, that was a lot to like. And obviously this team did not just look at that as a moral victory, but I do think it was a potential setup for, you know, this stretch run. Uh, they played really, really well. And, and this ball club, um, you know, on, on Tuesday against Maryland, I think really started to find, okay, we can match that effort to good play to well-executed offense and defense and be able to turn it into wins in this league. Uh, and, and Maryland's by no means a, 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 a huge contender in this league, but it was good to see. It was a starting point, and now we'll see if they can build on it. Right. Hey, if the ball's going in the basket for a guy like Caleb Houston, it, that is a major plus because that was one of the key parts to this whole you know, just reload thing is is that you knew you were losing shooters, and when he's out there looking comfortable, this team looks different. They do. I mean, listen, that I I, I felt coming into the season that you had a few kind of known commodities uh, in Eli Brooks and in Hunter Dickinson, and and you you really figured, okay, it was going to kind of depend on what you were going to get from either the first time Michigan starters and a Devonte Jones and a Brandon Johns Jr or in the incoming freshmen like Musa, like Caleb. Um, you know, obviously Frankie Collins has, has, you know, represented himself well as of late. So, uh, listen, it hasn't been the uh, the GPS recommended route to get to this point by any stretch of the imagination, uh, especially for Caleb, as you mentioned. Um, but the upside's still there. You know, I, two years ago, Franz Wagner was kind of up and down. I think he showed a little bit more in the way of flashes than Caleb has so far this season. But you know, by by early March when that season got canceled, I think Franz was setting himself up to be a a real March darling in that NCAA tournament. Is this the starting point for Caleb? Who knows? There's a ways to go, but I, that was a very promising sign. And, and what I loved most of all, he hit a three early in the first half against Maryland. He hit a three early in the second half against Maryland. I think those little confidence boosts go a long way, especially for a freshman. We've seen Musa Diabate play uh, along with Hunter Dickinson at the same time. We've seen him pl play that five spot uh, when Hunter's uh, on the bench for whatever reason for a few minutes. How, how do you think he looks the best? Where does he fit the best? And how do you see him coming along? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't know if I've totally found like, okay, Musa with these four, even maybe this grouping on the interior makes the most sense. I, I think it really is just Musa trying to uh, change and improve the ratio of, wow, impressive, like five-star plays and some of his freshman mistakes. And I think that that has happened in recent games where some of that's going away. You, know, you look to that Illinois game, and I, I really wonder what would have happened had Musa been able to avoid foul trouble. Now, listen, again, Michigan held its own down the stretch in the first half without him in the final, what, 15 game minutes of that half because he had the two fouls. And, and those fouls are tough because they're, they're mostly energy fouls. Now, he does need to refine, and he needs to avoid them. But for me, it's not so much matching him up with, with who else is out on the floor. Because I – Listen, we've seen from Jawan Howard that once we get down the stretch in the season, uh, he's going to kind of settle on his rotation, and it's normally going to be seven, eight guys. He, he tightens it up as the season goes on. Moose is going to be a part of that. There, there's no doubt about it. He's too, he's too good not to be. But 
for me, it's about just finding that consistency uh, and being able to affect the game without going a little bit too far and getting himself into foul trouble. If he can refine that, then he can be a guy who can put up some double doubles and, and also, you know, have two or three blocks or steals in a game. And, and I think that's where the, the ceiling continues to, to grow for Musa. Who's a guy that maybe hasn't been talked about enough, not necessarily on this podcast, but, but in general on this team that, that we could see maybe rise up a little bit in this, the back half of this season, get a little more comfortable and, uh, and add some things for this crew. To me, I think Terrence Williams has that opportunity. It just hasn't been there enough. I think he does a lot of little things that help this ball club, but you know he's really only had two offensive games. It was the, the opener against Buffalo and then the win at Nebraska when he had the career high in points. So for me, I, I think the potential is there, and I think he's doing a lot of little things that, that really have helped this ball club. I mean, he got the start the other night when Michigan was depleted. But uh, for me, I, I think he has that ability. He's a sophomore. He knows that he knows the program. He knows the offense. Can he be able to really you know, take that next step? Because Michigan can use some depth on that side of things. They can use some depth when it comes to, you know, the, the three, four spot. I think Michigan operates pretty well when you have one of the bigs out there with Terrence as, as a small ball four. Uh, but can the offense come around? Because that's something that, that has to happen. The, the other guy I want to shout out is Devontae Jones. There were a lot of people wondering about him, you know, even, what, a month ago. And Michigan hasn't played many games since then. But really outside of one clunker, his last five or six games have been, I think, what people were anticipating from him. Listen, his style's different than Mike Smith pretty significantly. But he's really operating well. I thought his performance at Illinois was tremendous. He really led the team in a lot of ways, uh, both statistically and just in, in how they operated and how they handled themselves in that environment. Um, listen, Devontae Jones is not going to be this team's best player on the floor very often. But if he can be that stabilizing force and maybe the most vocal in some of those moments, then Michigan's in a good spot. All right. We're going to take a quick look ahead. And I've got to confess something to you. I don't know what this means, but I had a dream last night, and Bob Knight was in it uh, for for whatever reason. But uh, Michigan heading to Indiana, which has had its own ups and downs lately, uh, certainly a thriller over Purdue. Talk about uh, the challenge ahead for the Wolverines. That's fantastic. You had a dream with Bob Knight in it the, as we leave. That's tremendous. Good for you, man. You really love Michigan, and you really are locked in. That is great. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so, uh, listen, it's it's weird about college basketball, right? Uh, doesn't that kind of make you feel a little bit better about the game on Sunday? You know, there's a potential letdown spot. Um, uh, listen, Illinois – or sorry, Indiana played really well. They did it without a whole lot from Trace Jackson Davis. And that, to me, that's the sign of a team that, that that's actually pretty good. I mean, if you remember the Indiana team last year, it, it was just kind of, hey, if Trace Jackson Davis plays well, they got a chance. And if he doesn't, well, you know, we'll see you next time. That really was the crux of basically their, you know, their NCAA tournament argument for a while until that faded away. So, uh, you know, for me, obviously, that's going to be an important battle on the inside. But but they have some playmakers. They have some guys this year around Trace that that can affect you. And obviously, you know what we saw on Thursday night from Rob Finnessy. I mean, I mean he was outstanding. 
Um, so he's obviously going to be a threat. Uh, but but I do wonder, that team coming off a high, and, and, you know, listen, Purdue, Indiana, that's hostile. That means a lot in that state. And Indiana had not won for a long time in that rivalry. I think it was nine straight they had lost. So uh, this is going to be one of those where I think if Michigan can come in and, and kind of throw the first punch and really establish itself, then they've got a real chance to go there and win. But, you know, Mike Woodson's done a tremendous job. They obviously have some real talent there. Uh, this is an NCAA tournament team, uh, which, listen, that, that hasn't been, you know, an assumed situation for, for Indiana for a while. Uh, this is a tough out, and I think this is a great opportunity. It, Tuesday can be kind of the starting point, but if Michigan wins this one on Sunday, then, then I really feel good about the trajectory of this team. I'm not saying this is a must-win by any stretch. It's, it's happening on, Jan, uh, on January 23rd. I'm not going to get into must-wins at any point. But this has the ability, if you want to stack wins, there's no spot in your schedule that's going to just give you you know, you don't get to play Nebraska, Maryland, and, and you know, insert another you know, Penn State five straight games. You're going to have to get some tough ones probably on the road to truly start stacking wins. And I think Michigan has a realistic chance to do that here and, and kind of set themselves up for a big next couple of weeks. Give me your thought on this one in terms of, okay, Michigan, you said talked about throwing the first punch, but other than that, Michigan wins this game if it's able to go on the road and do what? To me, I, I think Caleb Houston is so critical in this, and that's not really surprising, but I, I think you kind of know what you're going to get from Hunter Dickinson. Before Hunter went out with COVID, he was being pretty consistent. He was averaging basically 19 and 10 for the previous, I think, four or five games before that. Uh, I think Eli Brooks, you know what you're going to get from him defensively. Uh, Devontae Jones, I, I feel pretty confident about what you're going to get. Caleb Houston has been kind of that wild card. To a lesser extent, Musa Diabate. But but I think because of the fact that you know, you've know you got somebody like Hunter Dickinson next to Musa, you don't need a whole lot there. But Michigan needs somebody to go hit some threes, to be able to create from that wing position. Uh, Caleb can do that. So for me... Uh, we've seen Caleb show flashes at Chrysler Center. We really haven't seen it on the road. What better place in Assembly Hall for that to show up? So I, I'm going to be watching him uh, uh, in particular coming up on Sunday. All right. Well, we know that a lot of Michigan fans will be listening to you and uh, uh, seeing what happens with Michigan basketball. There will be NFL playoffs going on at the same time. We talked about that a little bit. I know you have a, an inclination toward the now uh, uh, out of the playoff Cleveland Browns. And uh, my, I, as people know that are on our website, I my allegiance has has followed Tom Brady since he left Michigan, and uh, and that's been a pretty good run. First with New England, now with Tampa Bay. Uh, and it's interesting to me how many people I talk to and with the um, let's just say the the uh, underachieving uh, state of professional football in the state of Michigan since 1957, uh, a lot of people pick their favorite Wolverines and see where they go and then uh, develop an attachment to that. How closely do you watch? the guys that came out of the, the Michigan program and, uh, and take a look and where they are and uh, have any kind of even temporarily, uh, okay, 
you've got my Sunday loyalty because of. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I started hosting for Michigan back in, in the 2015 football season. And, yeah, for me, I mean, listen, I, I – just like with Lions fans, they can relate. I, you know, outside of last year, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of playoff stuff. What's cool about the Michigan side is, I mean, gosh, there, there's pretty much a Wolverine on almost every team. I mean, that's what's been impressive about this. I know that the, you know, until this past season, the, you know, the big prizes didn't come in for Michigan football. But, I mean, there was a lot of talent that graduated and went to the NFL and made impact. So here's where I look at it, and I think you can apply this to if you're a Michigan fan, if you're any other, you know, big-time program fan, or if you're just a sports fan. It's easy to sports hate. We all do it. That's how this, that's how this works, right? But no matter who wins, no matter if it's a team that's a dynasty or if it's a team that hasn't won in a long time, there's always some really cool stories that come from that. For every Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and getting yet another Super Bowl championship, there's somebody on that roster who you can really feel good about. And you can say, you know what, good for them. That came out of nowhere. How in the world did this player or, or this Michigan alum make that happen? And, and that's what I think is fun about sports. It's easy to think about the the annoying parts of it, you know, I, I, as a, as a Browns fan, I pull pretty aggressively against, you know, the Ravens and the Steelers. I know Lions fans don't want to see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers make that run. Uh, but, you know, there are always good stories and there are almost always former Wolverines who are involved in it. So uh, I, I try to look for that silver lining as best as I can, though I am, I am pretty sick of it. And I hope that, I hope, uh, I hope there's a Browns Lions Super Bowl here one year, though I do I do worry that would be the first tie in Super Bowl history. That would be something. That indeed. But uh, well, for now we'll just say that uh, that you know Tom really really needs that eighth championship uh, ring. So why not? Well, uh, listen, I, I don't think he can get nine. Like, because I think you you have eight fingers, right? Like the thumb. I don't sizing your ring for a thumb. I. I that seems tough, right? So probably, I think eight is his max. John, we'll let you get one more, and then and then it's the Lions' turn. All right, let let's let's get out of here. All right. Well, they'll have to <laughs> change their ways, but uh, <laughs> probably. Brian Bush, always great to have you on. We'll be listening. We'll be uh, uh, watching Michigan basketball very closely to see what they do this weekend and beyond, and we'll keep talking about it. Appreciate, uh, as I said having you and your insight be a part of this podcast. Absolutely, John. Glad to be here. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if you're First $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-420-47 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.